0: Hey Slate Church, it's so good to have you tuning in to our online service, and uh, we've got a great uh, time ahead of us. My name is Brandon Richardson, I'm one of the lead pastors alongside my wife Emma, and we pastor alongside Luke and Victoria Bedger. It's an honor to have you joining us, whether it's uh, live right now or you're watching on demand on our YouTube page, we are so glad to have you here. If you've never filled out one of our connect cards, we're gonna encourage you to do that right now. If you're watching live in the chat, there's a little button popping up, you can just click that. It'll direct you to our website where you can fill out an online connect card. And if you're watching on demand, you can just look in the description section of this video and you'll be able to find it right there. If you're watching live right now, now's a great time to invite somebody to the service. Uh, All you have to do is click the button in the chat and it'll actually give you a link to send to anybody that you want. It's really important in this season to be really intentional about inviting people to church, even in this way. It's easier than ever to actually invite somebody to invite somebody to church and yet i think a lot of us think oh next week i'll invite that person or we think about somebody right now and we think ah oh, they would never tune in last minute but who knows maybe just sending that right now uh, could actually change somebody's life we would love for you to send that we would love for you to click that button and invite uh, maybe maybe your entire contact list today to church and we would love to have them join us in just a moment Our worship team is going to lead us in worship, and our encouragement to you right now is wherever you find yourself, if it's appropriate, unless you're like driving or something, why don't you stand up and get your hearts ready. Let's lean into worship as if we were in a stadium filled with people, um, believing that God was going to move on our behalf, because really, we know that He is. We know that He's for us, and we know that this time is to glorify Him. So why don't we tune in right now as our worship team begins to lead us. Amazing. Well, thank you, worship team, for that incredible job. We're so appreciative of all of you. You know, even filming out of your, uh, some of you filming out of your living rooms and, and all the rest during the season. Next week, everything changes for us as a church, and you're going to want to tune in. But we want to thank the worship team for all of the time and effort that they put into this past season and the way that we've been producing Slate Church Online. We're so thankful for you. Right now. We want to take some time to go through the prayer and praise uh, reports and requests that have come in over this past week. Uh, Today we're going to be praying for someone that they would have a healthy third trimester. In fact, I think there's a few pregnant women in our church that will be uh, wanting this prayer right now going into their third trimester. We're praying for someone's friend uh, who is suffering complications after a gunshot wound. We're praying for financial provision and job opportunities for some, uh, for someone's family members as they recently lost their employment. We're praying for someone who's continually asking uh, for help and continually seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance. We're praying for somebody's grandfather who's struggling with skin cancer. We're praying that his surgeries would go well, and that he experiences healing. And really there are so many prayer requests that have come in over this past week. And uh, these, this is just a snippet of them today. And so why don't we just bow our heads wherever we find ourselves. If you feel comfortable, why don't you just reach out to the screen right now and uh, symbolically um, represent your your uh, your belief and your faith that God is going to move in these situations. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that we get to come here every single week and lean into you. God, we thank you that we can lean into the fact that you are still a miracle working God. We love you. We thank you for um, the many ways that you've worked in in uh, so many lives in our church over even this past season. So everybody that submitted a prayer request over this past week, God, we pray that you move in their situations. Maybe even there's somebody who's watching right now and they didn't submit the prayer request, but it's just heavy on their hearts right now. God, I pray that you would reach out with your loving arms. God, may you just remind us your spirit, that you are with us, you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, and that you're still working miracles today in 2020. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't we thank God for some of the things that he's been doing in our church. Here's just a snippet of the people that uh, have submitted praise reports over this past week, thanking God. Someone is thankful for their amazing husband who continues to inspire them and encourages them to dig deep and want more out of life. Thank you, Emma, for submitting that. Someone else is uh, thankful for a smooth uh, smooth move into their new home. Uh, Someone is thankful for the Slate family. Someone is thankful for having a part-time job and still having income during this semester. And again, someone else is thanking uh, God for an amazing church filled with incredible leaders and an amazing community. Well, listen, maybe you didn't submit a prayer request over the past week or a praise report, but the easiest way to do that is by heading to our website, slatechurch.com slash prayer, and you can submit a prayer request or a praise report right there. We would love for you to do that every single week on Thursdays, we actually gather to pray over the prayer requests that have come in. On Thursdays, 6.30 to 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, we actually gather together on a Zoom call. Again, the link can be found at slatechurch.com prayer. And we pray over all the prayer requests that come in over the past week. And honestly, right now is a time to dig in in our belief that prayer changes things. And so if you have something going on in your life, Actually, during this past season, I should have been submitting a prayer request for some of the stuff going on in my life. And uh, and it's just a good reminder right now to make sure that you have your whole church praying behind you and uh, requesting God to move on your behalf in your circumstances and situations. So make sure you do that, all right? Hey, right now, uh, we want to take some time to actually uh, just say hi to people uh, in our church. Make sure that community remains a priority in this season in the in the midst of a pandemic community is uh, as important as ever why don't you just take a moment to pull out your cell phone send a text to somebody you haven't seen in a little while maybe you've been meeting to set up a lunch date with someone maybe you set that up right now maybe you need to send an email Uh, i love the idea of sending a fax even though i don't know if i've seen a fax machine in the last 10 years but uh, why don't you just right now take a moment, say hi to somebody. If somebody's in your family or your bubble, why don't you give them a hug right now and just remind them that, that uh, you love them. We can so often take for granted those closest to us. And I think right now is a really important time to make sure that those closest to us actually know that we love them. And so why don't we do that? Well, I'm gonna invite uh, uh, Pastor Luke to encourage us in our giving uh, today. Well, hey everyone, I just
1: wanna encourage us around our giving today. And to do that, I wanna start by reading some scripture. One Chronicles 29 verse 14, David is praying to God. And he says, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. I love David's posture of understanding that all we have comes from God in the first place, that we truly are blessed. And when we give back to God financially, we are just giving back to him that which he has given to us in the first place. And what a great perspective, what a great spiritual stance that is to take when we understand that we are not giving out of obligation, We are not giving out of, I have to do this or anything else. But our giving is actually a returning to God. It's actually a statement that we make through our giving financially that says, God, I know that all that I have comes from you in the first place. I know that I'm blessed to be a blessing. And this isn't even just giving. This is more returning. And I think it's so amazing that we have the opportunity as a church every single week to actually give to God who gives so much to us. Let's be real, we are so blessed. You being able to watch this wherever you're watching it, on whatever screen you're watching it on, I mean what a privilege and a blessing that that actually is. You know, your giving actually allows us as a church to do incredible things, to really be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. In fact, just this past week as lead pastors and we actually took our staff as well, Um, And we went to a place called A Better Tent City that is being set up at this great venue, it's called Lot 42. And uh, in the back area of this building, the owner of this whole complex, it's a huge complex, they've done huge concerts, big events, all kinds of things. But the owner of this place has actually set up rooms and has built these great cabins and this great space for homeless people to be able to actually have a place where they can be uh, safe, where they can actually find some shelter, all those different types of things. And it was amazing to walk around and see what this person is doing, but it's also amazing that as a church, we've been able to partner with what they're doing and provide meals and do a whole bunch of other great things to serve the people in our city. And really we're able to do that because of your giving. It's allowing us to be uh, literally boots on the ground helping feed the homeless. and We're so thankful that we get to do that as a church, and we're so thankful for your generosity that is allowing us and releasing us into making a huge impact in our city. And uh, we love our City Impact Team that makes that impact, it's incredible, and we're excited for all that the future has. But I just wanna encourage you in your giving today, know that your giving is making a major difference in the lives of many, many people. And so, hey why don't we pray over the giving today uh there's gonna be a whole bunch of ways to give they're gonna come up on the screen uh different things that you can do but just before we give let's pray that god would release these finances to just make such a huge difference in his name let's pray father i just thank you right now for this opportunity to give lord i thank you that all that we have comes from you in the first place and that this is a returning lord we are blessed to be a blessing let us never forget where all the blessing that we experience comes from in our lives. And let this moment of giving, uh, of generosity, let this be a reminder to us today that you are good and that you have given us so much. Lord, we love you. Please bless this. We thank you. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen.
0: Well, Church, we have a lot of incredible things coming up as a church. As we head into the fall, um, we're looking forward to next Sunday, September 27th, for our Launch Sunday. Launch Sunday is a big deal at Slate Church. It has been ever since we started as a church. And this coming September 27th, our launch Sunday, our fall launch Sunday, we're actually celebrating the launch of our online campus, which means that we are staying online. Um, uh, Certainly at some point we are also gonna be in person, but even when we go back to gathering in person, this online campus will continue. For all of you that have been joining us from all over Canada, all over the world, this is gonna be a place where you can actually engage with one another and not feel like you're missing out on anything that's happening in the Waterloo region because online campus is going to be one of our campuses that we start pouring a lot of resource into. And we're really excited about that. This coming Sunday means that we're also gonna be having watch parties um, all over the place. The public watch parties, uh, the large gatherings are going to happen in Waterloo and Elmira to start. But if you're interested in host, interested in hosting a watch party, the best way to do that is to send us an email at info at and let us know that you're interested in hosting a watch party. That'll enable us to reach out to you, make sure that we're on the same page with what that watch party is actually going to mean. And some of you have had questions about what it, what is the difference between a public and a private watch party. Well, the reason we even talk about this at all is because we didn't want to just um, just anybody to people's houses during this time. And so we've set up public watch party spaces Um, that are larger and will enable you to have the community that you've been longing for during this time. The sense of singing along with different people in the midst of worship or uh, laughing at a a moment in our message. And there are a bunch of different segments coming to our online experience uh, in this next season. So you're gonna wanna watch in a watch party or with somebody else. The difference between a public and a private watch party is essentially you can register for a public watch party. The private watch parties are gonna be hosted by different people people likely not in the Waterloo region um, and those private watch parties aren't going to be listed as much on our website as much as invite only because during a season of a pandemic we don't want to just send anybody into people's homes and so we want to make sure that we're doing this in a really good way uh, moving forward but we encourage you if you find yourself in the Waterloo region make sure you check out social media this week. Locations and times, as well as registration, are gonna be going live, likely right after this service. And so we really want you to um, tune into that, make sure you're signing up. It's gonna give us an indication if we need to open up more watch parties in this region. And again, if you're outside of Waterloo Region, why don't you reach out to us at, uh, at our email, info at so that we might actually uh, set up watch parties in different areas, maybe around the world, and uh, especially in Ontario. So. We want to make sure that you do that as we continue and we actually establish an online campus uh, moving forward. And again, for those of you that have been used to our in-person gatherings, that's definitely going to continue to happen. It's happening right now through watch parties, but there's more to come. Watch this space and we're really excited about that. And number two, uh, the second thing we want to let you know about is L night. L night is starting up this coming october 23rd october 23rd is a friday night and we're gonna have l night across the city L night across the city is going to be absolutely awesome again there's an opportunity for you to gather people that you feel comfortable uh, gathering with again when i say comfortable gathering with that's not to put anybody on the outs but we are in the midst of a pandemic we got to be wise about this and so you choose who you want to invite into your place for l nights or maybe you just want to watch by yourself what you need to know is that registration has gone live for that as well. And uh, you can check that out at our website actually. And uh, when you register, you'll actually receive the link um, where you can tune in on October 23rd to take in our L nights, okay? So we want you to to know about that. As we head into the fall, a big emphasis of ours is also gonna be city impact. We're gonna be talking about this a lot more because city impact is doing a lot of things in the Waterloo region. As we get watch parties up, in different areas, we're also gonna get City Impact up in different areas. Um, but right now, if you're in the Waterloo region and you wanna join uh, City Impact and all that they're doing, we're gonna encourage you to go to our website as well, fill out a Connect card, because we really think it's important to be serving others, not just in this season, but always. We're blessed to be a blessing, and, uh, and, and, and we should uh, um, uh, really be taking that uh, seriously, especially in this season. Make sure you're following us on social media. If you just follow at Slate Church um, on on, on social media, you'll find all the things that you need to know going into this next season. And again, let's celebrate. This next weekend is our fall kickoff. September 27th is finally here. Again, so many more details are coming out throughout the week on social media, so make sure you're following us there. But right now we get to turn uh, and, and look towards our message that is coming at us. And uh, I don't know where you're gonna turn. I don't know why I kind of said it that way. You can literally just look where you're looking right now. The message is about to come. Unless somebody else in your connect group or or whoever you're watching with right now is gonna give a message, tell them to stop. Emma's got a great message coming up for you. So make sure you pull out your notebook. Uh, Maybe you wanna pull out your phone. Um, Again, uh, you can really write on anything. Uh, If you're watching at someone's place, I don't recommend you write on their couch. But make sure you're leaning in, make sure you're taking notes whether physically or up in your mind, because I really believe that God wants to speak to you today through Pastor Emma. Why don't we welcome her up right now?
2: Hey church, happy Sunday or whatever day it is that you are tuning in and listening this week. Um, I'm really excited to come to you. I'm really excited to preach this message. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Emma, and I um, am one of the lead pastors here, and I love that we get to do this together um, with my husband Brandon and Luke Victoria. And Listen Church, we just, we love you. We're excited that you are with us in this season, whether you are tuning in for the first time or you have been uh, with us through many different seasons in the past. But I am so excited for what is ahead, what is coming up this fall. So make sure that you are leaning in. Lean in today, whenever you are watching, pull out a notebook, pull out a pen, pull out your phone to take notes, um, and make sure that you are just engaged with what God is saying to you today. Uh, Because we serve a God who is not distant, a God who is not away from what is happening in our lives. We serve a God who actually cares about what is going on in our lives in this moment. So lean in, hear from him. What does he have to say to you? And if you have your Bible, you can open it up to John chapter 9. And we're going to start right in verse 1. John chapter 9, starting in verse 1, it says this, As he went along, this is Jesus, As he went along, he saw a man a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Let's pray today, church. God, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, Lord. And I don't take this lightly, God. I pray that you would speak through me today, Lord, to everyone who is listening, who is tuning in, wherever they are at, God. And I just pray that you would speak powerfully to them today in your name we pray amen amen well listen if you are taking notes if you did take my advice and pull out a notebook and pull out your phone you can write down this title what do you see what do you see you see i love this story in scripture i love this miracle around our house um we go through a bedtime routine, of course, every night with our three kids. We have three kids, four-year-old, the two-year-old, he's almost three, and our one-year-old. And we love our kids. We love uh, everything about daytime with our kids, but we also love bedtime. And all the parents said, amen, because there is something about bedtime where you just get to enjoy your child as they're about to go to sleep, say goodnight to them, and then you get a little bit of a break, and every parent needs a break. But bedtime around our house has kind of developed where Brandon usually puts the older kids to bed and I put the baby to bed. We had our kids pretty close together, so um, it kind of worked out this way because I was always either exhausted by pregnancy or I was nursing a baby or taking care of putting them to bed, which was always a little bit harder when they were younger and and, and doing all of that. So Brandon's got this great routine when it comes to our older kids. We still do this. I put Claire, our one-year-old, to bed and he puts Kenzie and Theo, our older kids, to bed. He's got this routine, down pat. They, uh, they go to the bathroom, they brush their teeth, they use the bathroom, they head into bed. Uh, uh, he reads them a story. He tells them this great elaborate story that's going on. He worships with them every single night. There is nothing sweeter than young kids singing praises to Jesus. I just love to hear that and the example that he sets in. Um, as a father, it's just incredible to watch. Uh, but they're singing and they're worshiping and and then they're you know making a complaint, making an excuse, but he's got it all figured out, sends them off and says goodnight. And I've already said goodnight to them at that point. He's got a whole routine. And then the odd time where I'm the one who is uh, putting them to sleep with without Brandon there, he's got something else on or he's doing something and I'm putting all of them to bed. It's kind of a mismatch of all of these things. I've got like a mediocre story for them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm, singing Jesus loves you. I'm I'm just trying to get them in bed. Um, and, and they're like, mom, this isn't really how dad does it. But I'm like, you got this, guys. Now don't get out of bed, okay? No more excuses. Stay in bed. This is what it's going to look like. Well, I remember when Kenzie was a little bit younger, she would always ask for a Jesus story. She would say, mom, can you tell me a Jesus story anytime I would put her to bed? And I remember every single time, for some reason, I would tell her this story. There are a lot of stories in scripture, but I think at that point it was just her, and I was massively pregnant with Theo, and I was so tired, and so I would always just tell this story. And I would tell her the story of Jesus walking along and seeing a blind man and spitting in the dirt and making mud, and I think part of it was finding that, you know, kids like mud, they love getting all dirty, and that she was interested in this story, and she could recite it you know, this idea. But I love that in this story, And I love telling Kenzie about this because Jesus just used what was right in front of him to do this incredible work, to do this incredible healing. And I think today, church, that we can actually get something from this story. We can see through Jesus's example. We can see what happens to the man. We can see what the cultural context of what was happening in that day, that we actually can pull something significant that's going to impact the way that we see the world around us and the way that we operate in the world around us. You see in chapter 8, the chapter just before this one, Jesus is in the temple and there's a lot of disputes about who he is. You know, the the religious leaders are disputing it. They're complaining about it. They're arguing about who Jesus is. And Jesus, at the end of that chapter, starts talking about um, his relationship with his father and that he was before Abraham, which would have been a huge deal for these Jewish people. They were like, what are you talking about? And it got heated to the point where they were picking up stones to stone Jesus, to kill him. And Jesus hides himself and he takes off and he gets out of there. Now, some scholars believe that many months went by between chapters eight and chapter nine in scripture, that Jesus went off and he hid himself and he stayed hidden. Some believe that it happened straight after. But what we see is we see Jesus walking by and seeing a blind man, a man who was blind since birth. And, you know, I think that this is significant. This man wasn't just blind, which is challenging enough and difficult enough, but he had been blind since he was born. He had never seen the light of day. He had never seen the world around him. He had never seen another person. This is an immense challenge. Can you possibly imagine being blind since birth? Imagine the curiosity, imagine the difficulty, the hardship, You know, in this time, someone who was blind really wouldn't have had any ability to contribute to society. They wouldn't have any ability to make a livelihood for themselves. And really, society didn't know how to handle people with an ailment, a physical challenge like this man was going through. And so he really had no choice but to become a beggar, but to become someone who sat there and and asked people for their their money and asked people for charity and, and really didn't have any hope for himself being able to contribute as an individual. You see, Jesus has a conversation with the disciples surrounding this man, and then he spits on the dirt. He puts mud on his eyes. It's like, what is going on here? He rubs it around, and then he tells him to go and wash it off. And after this, the man can see. This sets off a huge, reaction from the Pharisees, from the religious leaders, the Jewish people who are going, who is this guy? What is going on here? Uh, what is Jesus doing? Is the, was this guy blind? Like, are we serious here? This guy couldn't see and now he can. What in the world is happening? You see, I wonder today, church, what is going on right in front of you? Who is right in front of you? What do you see? You see, sometimes I think as a society, we actually can find ourselves focusing on the wrong things. Last week, I went to the eye doctor and I need a new prescription. And, and I sat there and, and did the whole, um, you know, close one eye, open one eye, uh, focus on the the letters that are in front of you. and 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 can you read that bottom line? That's what he kept saying. Can you read that smallest line? How far down can you go? Can you read those letters? And I'm like, listen, I am literally almost blind in this eye. It feels like uh, I can't read anything on that screen that's below the top. And he's like, just give it a try. Just, just try to, to, to do that. And, you know, it would have been much easier for me just to read the top letters. It would have been much easier for me just to focus on the thing that seemed easier in the moment. But if I would have done that, there is no way I would have gotten the right prescription. I couldn't have actually gotten what I needed if I just focused on the thing that was easier. And yet for some of us in life, we just wanna focus on the things that seem easier or the things that seem more interesting in the moment. We focus on family. We focus on our friends. We focus on comparing ourselves to the people that we scroll by on Instagram and social media. We focus on news, the things happening in this world. We're so focused on this global pandemic. We're so focused. We focus on a lot of things and we see a lot of things. But the first thing I want to talk today today about church is that we need to focus on the right thing. We have to focus on the right thing. The first thing that we see in this story is the significance and the importance of us actually focusing on the right thing. You see, this story actually gives us an example of what Jesus sees. Jesus sees the blind man. Let's get this straight. Jesus sees the blind man. Jesus could have been focused on a lot of other things at the time. It is not like Jesus was just going out for a Sunday stroll. He wasn't just walking his dog around the neighborhood. Jesus wasn't just calmly just going about his business and just traveling through life. Jesus was someone who had stirred up what was the societal norm at the time, and people were angry. They were divided. They were frustrated. He was just going to be stoned, and he had to hide himself to get out of there. Jesus easily could have been focused on protecting himself, protecting the people around him, going somewhere with a purpose. He could have been so focused on the things going on in his life that it would have been very easy for him not to see this blind beggar, not to see this man who had been been blind since birth. He had every right to focus on getting out of there. But as he was going along, he stopped and he saw this man. His focus was on this man. His focus was on the right thing. But listen, we can be looking at the right thing, but asking the wrong questions. Because I wanna point this piece out, that the disciples also saw the blind man. Jesus saw him, but so did the disciples. The disciples went with Jesus everywhere. They were with him. They were following him. They were learning from him. They were growing with what he had to say. They saw him as well, and we know this because they asked about him. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Basically, I can read the disciples' minds here, where they're saying, what a learning opportunity this is. This man is blind. Jesus, maybe you could give us some insight onto who sinned here to make this happen. We can get a bit more of a grip. We can learn, this is a growth opportunity, and we can learn from this. You see, both the disciples and Jesus saw this man, but their focus was different. When you look at people in your life, what do you see? What do you focus on? You see, I think for many of us, we see with the same eyes the disciples did. We first see and wonder about sin. We wonder about people's habits. We wonder about people's choices, the decisions they've made. And we just kind of want to pull them down from that. Man, that person, yeah, they just... They just seem so lazy they just don't get anything done oh that person is so frustrating to be around because they just do this and that and the next thing that person is so unreliable they never show up on time they're not why is this person blind did they sin did their parents sin? we fall into a place of judgment we allowed pride or to creep in or even contempt we assume the worst or we don't even see them for who they actually are. You see, Jesus saw this man and he saw potential. He saw purpose. He saw a God given destiny. And what was his response? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. See, this isn't an issue of sin. This is an issue of power. It's an example of power. His ailment, this man's ailment would ultimately bring glory to God, pointing people to the truth of Jesus. I wonder, do we see people around us as image bearers of God? Do we see them with all the potential in the world? Do we see them with God's eyes? What do you see? Or do we simply pass by, not notice, make assumptions and do it out of a self-righteous attitude? See, God wants to use that guy at the gym who seems really intimidating to you. He wants to do work through the boss that's driving you nuts. He has a purpose for your neighbor who doesn't cut their lawn often enough. He knows the downfalls of your mom and still wants to work through her. You see, sometimes we look inside ourselves and we see a a, a greater depth. We see our own shortcomings. We see our own problems. We see our own issues. We see our own strengths. But when we look at other people, we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, something must have happened here. Someone must have sinned that this man would be blind since birth. And Jesus is saying, actually, in my ability and my power, in my redemptive focus, this man's ailment is actually going to be the thing that propels forward my mission here. This is actually the, the, uh, uh, an opportunity for people to see my power within him. Are we going to choose peop- to see people through our own eyes or through Christ? We need to focus on the right thing. Second thing is this. We need to recognize that our sight is our testimony. This man goes off and all of a sudden he can see. And of course, people start talking. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders decide to investigate what happened. They're asking this question as the chapter goes on. They go, okay, this man, Jesus, he healed on the Sabbath. So he, there's no way he's a prophet. There's no way that he is actually a good a, a good man. He must be a sinner because he's taking this Sabbath day. They're so focused on the law that God had given in the Old Testament that was to make a way for them to be able to have some relationship with, with him that they totally have missed the point that Jesus actually is the, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the fulfillment of the law. They're so worried about the details here that they can't even see past that. And they're going, he must be a sinner. He healed on the Sabbath. But then others of them are saying, well, God wouldn't work through a sinner. And this man was blind since birth. So there's, there, it doesn't make sense. If he was able to heal him, well, he can't be a sinner. And it actually creates this division to the point where they bring this man who was previously blind amongst them. They bring him himself and ask him straight up, what happened? (laughs) And his response is, listen guys, I don't know all the details, but what I do know is this, I was blind and now I see. You see, some of us are intimidated to really see people, to ask tough questions, to get to the depth of another person and have that kind of a relationship where we're open and we're not so worried about our own insecurity. We are are hesitant to do this because we are afraid that our knowledge surrounding our own faith is weak. It's too weak to sustain helping someone in their own journey of faith. We feel that if we're asked a question and we don't know the answer, it just sparks insecurity in us. And we feel like somehow we've failed as a Christian or we're less than, or we don't know enough. And we're afraid of being awkward and we're afraid of saying we don't know. We worry that if we doubt at times or are uncertain of certain aspects of our faith or are confused in some way, that we are limiting or limited in our God given purpose. But I love that this man is just honestly super honest about it. Do you know anyone like this? Someone who is super honest? My husband Brandon is super honest. He is just an over the top honest person. He will tell you the truth every time and he will also tell you 10 other facts to make sure that he hasn't left anything out so that you have the full story of what is true and he would not be able to, uh, uh, in, in any way, feel that he held something back from you. I love this, I love this about Brandon, that I know that I'm gonna get the honest truth from him. But this man is just super honest. He said, this is how this now seeing man is as well. He says in verse 24, a a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. So they they brought him in the first time, got the full story, and then they still were arguing and still were confused. So they're like, okay, we got to bring him back in. This is, we can't figure this out. We got to bring him back in. So they summoned him again and said, give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. And he replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. He's being honest here. I don't know all the answers. I don't have all of the answers here. But one thing I do know is I was blind, but now I see. I love this man's testimony. He says, one thing that I do know is I experienced Jesus. That is what I know. I wonder, are you engaging with Jesus in a way that you can experience experience him? Is Jesus just an idea for you? Is he just someone that that is found in a book? Is he just someone that's talked about in a church setting and, and Jesus is just someone in your head? Or is Jesus someone that you actually experience? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to come and work in your life? Do you spend time with him in the quiet of your home? Do you pray to him? You see, for myself, some of my greatest experiences with Christ, some of my greatest experiences with the Holy Spirit are found in my car. You know, we have three little kids, And honestly, it is hard to find time at home to have quiet time. I've been like, oh, I'm going to wake up so super early before. It's like my kids know if I set my alarm, they're going to beat that alarm. They are going to get up before that option comes up. And I just don't have the time. I try to create the space. But even in my time of Bible reading, there are kids around and things are going on. So I try more often than not to pray when I'm driving. And I pray out loud and the kids are in the back and they can hear me praying and they know that I'm talking to God. They know that I'm praying for things. I try to include them in that. But it's in these moments that I just sense a nearness with God. And I just know that I know that I'm experiencing the peace of the Holy Spirit, that I'm experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, that I am drawing close to Jesus. This is something that I have to practice. This is something that you have to practice is actually imagining and thinking about. This is something I've been working on it with, my, with my therapist, this idea of getting close to Jesus and actually thinking about this. Are you engaging in prayer morning mornings? Are you praying with your connect group? Are you worshiping during these services? Or are you just kind of sitting back and taking it in? Are you coming out to worship nights as we have them? You see, the function of the church is so many things, but one of those things is to be able to have a corporate experience of Jesus together. And, you know, experience changes things. As a therapist, I often say to people, we need to have experience if we're actually going to see real change. We have to experience something if we're going to see lasting change. It can't just be something that lives up in our mind. Sometimes we just totally cast off experience and we just go, can I trust that? I need the proof. Give me the data. Give me the numbers. Listen, I am all about that. And we need to be logical as Christians. It is not an either but if we are afraid of experiencing Jesus, then we miss out on the miracle and we miss out on the testimony of what God has done through us. And when we come to places where our logic seems to fail us or we just don't know enough, I firmly believe that the further we go into studying the Bible, the stronger and stronger and stronger the case of Christ becomes. The more that I learn, the more solidified my faith becomes. It does not get rocky when it comes up against science. It does not get rocky when it comes up against certain philosophies, none of that. Our logic can be strong. But when our logic is limited, we can rely on our experience. So don't think that just because you don't know enough, you can't actually share your testimony. Your testimony can be rooted in this experience of Jesus. We see that with this man. I was blind, but now I see. I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know who he is. I don't know what's going on. But what I do know is he put some mud on my face and I came out a changed person. Are you getting in front of Jesus so that you can come out as a changed person? We don't have to have all the answers, but our sight, our experience, what Jesus has done in our lives is what we have to offer. And guess what? Point number three, not everyone will see it like you do. Verse 34, to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. This is horrible. You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw this man out. How would you react to this? You know, I think, church, that we are a little bit too afraid of rejection. We don't want to do anything that's going to put us in a vulnerable position. We, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to be rejected by the people around us. But we have to recognize that if we are going to follow Christ's example, we need to know that not everyone ex- accepted Christ. And to this day, not everyone is going to be willing to accept Christ. But does this change your testimony? Does this minimize the miracle of grace? Does this determine your perspective on your purpose? At the end of this chapter, Jesus has an interaction with these Pharisees, with these religious leaders. And he says this in verse 39. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who will see, who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were, who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but now that you claim you see, your guilt remains. What is Jesus talking about here? You know, I love how he uses the miracle of this man seeing as, a, as a, 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 an experience that propels his ministry forward and propels his ability to bring this good news of who he is to a greater audience. You see in this situation we have a bunch of self-righteous Pharisees saying, "I can see. I already can see. We follow the law. We know what's up." Jesus you you don't. And Jesus is saying, "All right. There are a bunch of people, the gentiles, and this who who the message of who I am hasn't even gotten to yet. And this is to come later. This comes through Paul after Jesus has died and risen again. There are people that are outside of this kind of Jewish culture, this Jewish sect, and, and they are blind. But you claim to see, but but you don't see me. Your guilt remains. You see, in chapter 10, Jesus goes on to talk about how he is the gate and, and the sheep need to come through the gate. He talks about how he is the good shepherd, and there's only one way into this saving grace of God, and that is through Him. That is through Jesus. He is the one who cares about us. He is the one who makes a way for us. And still, not everyone accepts this. These leaders are still confused. They are still blind to this. You see, people choosing something other than Christ is not your choice. We can't control how people see, what other people think, or the choices that they make. And that'll preach to a lot of scenarios in your life. You might want to write that down and see how that goes to everywhere else in your life as well. But we can only influence them by the way that we live our lives and by what we say to them. How does what you see, your testimony, your understanding of Christ in your life influence the people around you? Are you like the disciples who see the man but don't see the potential? Are you like the Pharisees who won't accept Christ? Or are you like Jesus who calls out the purpose through the challenge and gives sight to the blind? You see, as Christ followers, we need to keep seeking to see people. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for those around you. Let's stop being stubborn with blinders on, focusing on the wrong things. What opportunities are we missing because we are out of focus. Are we actually seeing Jesus in this season? Are we praying about our situation as much as we are picking apart our situation? Don't allow self-righteousness to cover up compassion in your life. How do we do this? How do we see people? Just a couple of really, really quick things. We need to remain curious about the right things. Don't focus on sin, focus on the potential. Jesus is gonna take care of the sin in your life. He's gonna take care of the sin in other people's lives. We don't have to put our focus so much there. We need to call it out, we need to bring it out, we need to expose it, but we can't just focus there. We need to focus on the potential that God has for people. Think about your experience. This is another way. How has God moved in your life? Have you told anyone? Why don't you email uh, info@slatechurch.com with your story? Why don't you let us know what has happened in your life? This experience, our testimony is powerful and we need to get grounded in God. You see, sometimes people will reject you, but if we are looking to please people, we are always going to come up short. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. You might get unfollowed. People might assume things about you. You might be misunderstood, but if you are constantly focusing on Jesus, you will be taking the right next step time after time. It doesn't make it easy, but it makes it worth it. So what will you see this week? Let your sight be your testimony. Focus on the right things, church. What do you see you know i want to take a moment right now if you're watching this and you're engaged and you're going i don't know if i actually have this relationship with jesus that that he is offering here i've never i've never asked jesus to be lord over my life i've never come and repented of the things that i have done of my sins and allowed jesus to take those things away from me i've never i've never actually accepted jesus into my heart so to speak and I just would love to invite you into that. I would love to invite you to make a choice today that's really an eternal choice. This is this is about your eternal uh, eternity, that you can have relationship with Jesus, that you can spend eternity in heaven with him. But you can also walk on this earth free and clear of the things that so hold us down and hold us back. So if that's you today and you're like, I haven't made that choice before, write in the chat. There's going to be a, 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 a thing that pops up that says, I wanna make a decision. I wanna raise my hand. This is just an outward symbol of an inward decision that you're making. Why don't you click that button? And very simply, I wanna pray with you. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in our hearts, we will be saved. And listen, if you're a Christian listening to this right now, why don't you start praying for the people that are contemplating this decision? Let's pray together. And if that's you, just pray this from the bottom of your heart. Jesus, I thank you that we can come to you And even though we are sinners, and even though we have no business being saved by you, that you give us this free gift of salvation, Lord. And today I'm so thankful for the people who are accepting that, who are making a choice to make you Lord of their life, who are making a choice to make you number one. God, we pray that you would take our sin and you would throw it as far as the East is from the West, that we would have a fresh start with you today, Jesus, and that we could become a part of your family. In your name we pray, amen. Listen, if you just made that decision, it truly is the best decision you could ever make. We're gonna be giving you more information in just a moment about next steps that you can take, and I encourage you to take them. This is not a journey you are meant to do alone, but really in community with other people. Your questions are not too big. Your, your uh, lack of understanding is not too big. This is an opportunity to experience Jesus, and I'm so excited for you today. And church, I also wanna pray for you. If you're just going, hey, what do I see? Am I seeing people? Am I focused on the right things? Is my, is my sight my testimony? Is it, it, have I recognized and come to terms with that? Not everyone's going to see things the way that I see them, but I'm still going to follow after Jesus regardless. If you're struggling or wrestling with any of those things, I really want to encourage you right now with every eye closed. If you're going, Jesus, I just want to see the right things. I want to focus on the right things. I want to, I want to make sure that I am, I am seeing through your eyes. If that's you, I just want to encourage you just to to raise both of your hands just as a symbol of releasing this to Jesus, just as a symbol of saying, hey, I'm open. I'm open to what you want to do, Holy Spirit, in my life. I'm open to a fresh experience from you. And why don't we pray together today? Jesus, you see these open hands, God. You see these open hearts. You see these closed eyes, God, closed physically, Lord but desperate to see with the eyes that you have, God. So I pray that you would give us that sight today, that kind of focus, Lord, that we are focused on other people's potential, that we are able to love other people well, God, I pray that you would help us see our own testimony, that we would see the experiences that we've had with you and allow those to be the things that we share with other people, God. And I pray that we would have the strength and the courage to keep sharing, to keep loving, to keep coming back time and time again to a world that is broken and so often rejects you, but so deeply needs you, Lord. I pray that you would be our sustenance today, God. We trust you and we look to you, Lord. Let us see through your eyes this week. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks so much, church. Have an awesome week. And go ahead seeing the way Jesus does. Love you.
0: Hey, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, we just want to say as a church, congratulations. That's the best decision you could ever make. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems in this life. What it does mean is that you got to face those problems with a new reality internally. Jesus is gonna be with you. His Holy Spirit is gonna walk with you. And on that note, you should uh, head to our website and make sure that you fill out a connect card and just mark off, i want to learn more about Jesus. What that's gonna enable us to do is to make sure that we're able to resource you on this new journey of faith. We're not gonna bug you. We're not going to spam you. We're not gonna do any of that kind of thing. But we do wanna reach out and make sure that you have everything you need on this new journey of faith. So make sure you fill out that connect card. That connect card is for anybody that is tuning right now, in right now and saying, hey, I want to learn more about this church or I want to get involved here. There's so many different ways to get involved in Slate Church right now in this season. And so we would love if you'd fill that out. Make sure you reach out, throw us a line. Um, let us know who you are and uh, we'll make sure that we connect with you because there's a place at Slate Church for you whether you're in our online campus starting this Sunday you consider that your main campus or you go one to to one of our physical locations um, through our watch parties in this next season we want to hear from you we also have something called next steps happening right after this if you're watching live if you're watching live the good news is, immediately following our service, there's actually a Zoom call you can jump on called Next Steps. This gives you an opportunity to meet some of our leaders, have some of your questions answered, and give us an opportunity to share some of the vision about where we're headed as a church. And uh, listen, this isn't a lot, a lot of time. It's only 10 minutes or less. And so I encourage you to uh, take a look at that um, if you're watching live right now in the chat section there's a link popping up click that it'll take you to our zoom call and you'll get a chance to interact live with some of our uh, leaders and uh, we would love to meet you if you've never been to next steps you've got to go to next steps i encourage you to because there will also be information in that on how you can get involved right now during this time that we find ourselves in well right after i'm done talking slate kids is about to, some more information on slate kids is about to arrive for you And, uh, of course, my beautiful daughter is the one announcing that. So I encourage you to check that out if you're a family. Uh, We're so thankful for our kids' team and all the work that they're putting into this season. Church, we love you. What an incredible time together today. Let's set our eyes onto what God is doing next week. Let's approach it with expectation because God has some big things in store for our church this fall. We'll talk to you later. Hey, Kenzie, how's it going?
1: Good. Good,
3: good, 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 good. Hi, Slate Kids. Hey, Slay kids is now. Like Kids is now!
4: Havana, and from Puerto Rico, on a pirate ship, You don't know where do we go. The birds of the jungle chasing fortune and fame, but Juan is flamingo is not walking the same. Balague de la flauta and banana for fun. Es una vida loca, and chasing the sun. with a style and fashion, el ritmo del flamenco is here to japan, embalaje de la flauta en banana for fun, es una vida loca, keep chasing the sun, oh Juanito, 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 Juanito. if it's dark in the night, he will always see pink. The birds of Savannah and the birds of Japan got inspiration by watching one. When life's getting tough, he's not dropping his bag. One is the kind who walks on one leg. One love, one heart, one. Oh, oneito, bonito, bonito. Bonito, bonito, Otra vez guitarra.